You're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. Today I have Councillor Keith Aspden, the member representing the City of York Council, and he's here to tell us all about the benefits of doing business in his region. Welcome, Keith. Hello, nice to speak to you today. So York, of course, a very famous part of the world uh, in, in the north. But um, can you just give us an idea of your own role at the City of York Council and uh, what it is that um, you do both there and for uh, TFN? I've been a local councillor in in York since 2003 now, um, but became the deputy council leader in 2015 and then the council leader in 2019. So I've done quite a variety of roles over that time. But one of the things um, I did uh, start when I became the council leader was to join the board of uh, transport for the north but as well as that I also chair ECMA um, which is the east coast mainline consortium of, of local authorities which sort of threw me in uh, to the world of rail and, and my background before getting involved in local politics was as a, a secondary school teacher so certainly a, a sort of sharp learning curve when it comes to, to all things transport and rail um, but obviously incredibly important for a railway city um, like York, both in terms of its heritage, but also in terms of its future. So being part of organisations like Transport for the North is really important, and particularly in terms of making sure that we state our case to the government and to those that are making uh, decisions that have a real impact on on not just cities like York, but across across our towns and cities in the north. Yeah, so you mentioned the um, heritage of the city of York. Just just give us a bit of a pen portrait then historically as what the business landscape looks like in, in York, um, both both in regard to rail and more generally. I think York is, is one of those cities that I would say um, is, as you said at the start, internationally um, recognised. Um, we have um, over 8 million uh, visitors a year that, that, that come to York. Um, set against a, a population of just over um, 210,000 um, people. Um, but many of the things that, that York uh, are known for, from the Romans to the Vikings to railways and, and chocolate, are obviously really important in terms of what makes York York. And um, I would say us being a city that continually reinvents itself um, to, to respond to the challenges of the day and, and just that little bit of history there, particularly railway and chocolates, reflects the changing nature of industry and business in, in York over the many decades. What less people, I think, know about York is, is actually what I would say future jobs and future opportunities. We've got some of the highest um, skill levels um, in the north of England. We've got uh, fantastic schools, colleges, and two universities and a lot of the science innovation and research that is going on and particularly today in in sectors like railways is really cutting edge um, and that I think is what people know less about York and they know more about our history and heritage but obviously one of the jobs and um, for us as the council is to make sure that we're working with those new businesses and organizations to make sure that we help to create the right jobs highly skilled ones more full-time jobs high paid jobs um, so that people that want to stay in York can stay in York, that we retain the graduates in the city and we make the most of the opportunities that, that we know we have. And if we can do that in, in a place like York, it doesn't just benefit York, um, but in particular across to, to North Yorkshire and the coast 
and also our economic geography in terms of Leeds and Bradford. It then helps the, the whole wider region. Yes, and of course you're on the um, the East Coast Main Line, um, a, a very, of course, important line linking London and Edinburgh. Um, how important is it for a place like York to be on that that line, an electrified line, one of the main lines in, in the country? What what kind of um, fillip does it give to business, and what and what other interventions would would you like to see in the transport field? I think York's um, position on the East Coast Main Line is is incredibly important and. What that gives us is pretty much unrivaled connectivity, as you say, to to London, to Edinburgh, but also then once you're in York, obviously uh, west, west and east, and, and and onwards to Leeds, Bradford, Manchester, and other places. It's a shame some of those east-west rail connections aren't as good as the north and um, south ones, which would certainly be of a, of a benefit not just for York, but as I say, for for places across the north. And um, that connectivity obviously, you know, gives businesses and also those wanting to to live in the city opportunities pretty quickly to access jobs, to work flexibly. And particularly now where more people are working in a hybrid way um, or don't need in terms of companies, some of the big floor plates and office spaces that they might have had in the past in, in London and big cities. It gives York a really unique position of being a place um, that has many benefits to live in um, and that from culture and heritage to education to, to quality of life but it makes sure that those transport connections um, aren't barriers to, to businesses and industry wanting to work and move into the city um, and we've obviously been making a really strong case to government along the east coast mainline from Hertfordshire to the Scottish Highlands to say there are real opportunities here on the East Coast Main Line if you invest and continue to invest, um, and that's to improve efficiency, improve timekeeping, um, and obviously also try and speed up some of those trains to London and to Edinburgh. Um, but I've always said that that should be done alongside all of the improvements that we've been calling for in terms of Northern Powerhouse Rail, because as I say, it, it, it's you know pretty good getting north and south but then when you need to get east and west it's really frustrating that you know to get to some places like Manchester feels a long way away even though actually it's much much closer and that is about capacity and it is about speed it is about improving uh, rail and I think places like York and with transport for the north it's really helped that uh, attempting to shout with one voice not always heard by the government but actually pulling together what benefits us as, as a collective, I think is a much better way of doing it than, than, than competing with each other. And you mentioned the um, the links uh, east-west and of course the Trans-Pennine route upgrade is um, is going to be a huge project over the next um, number of years. Uh, how do you see that in terms of extending the um, the benefits of York across the country? So the Trans-Pennine route upgrade is 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 really important for all of those reasons I just gave east, east to west, as are a host of other uh, rail improvements that are happening or that we are lobbying to make happen. So in, in York, um, we've received some new stations funding um, to look at having a new railway station in Haxby um, that would link through from um, York to Scarborough. Um, and we're at the sort of final stage of the government assessing that uh, business case, which is important. Um, and then similarly, um, through our local enterprise partnership, we've put investment into improve the frequency of um, the York to Harrogate trains 
um, as just two examples a little bit closer. But of course, what you then need is that wider connectivity on the network. So um, yes, uh, north and, and, and south, but equally um, across to, to other places, particularly for us, um, Leeds and Manchester. Um, and that's why I think we particularly shared um, the disappointment of colleagues in, in Bradford when the government announced its new its new approach, shall we call to rail. Who knows what will happen now um, once we see an, a new government come into place? And that is an opportunity for Transport for the North, I think, to regroup and, and, and take that chance to state the case uh, again um, and call for that that investment and that investment as soon as, as possible. And um, uh, of course, uh, you, you mentioned Transport for the North and uh, it's it's one voice. How important do you think that one voice is in the North pulling together to collectively make its case for investment? I think it's really important where we where we can to, to have that one voice. So Transport for the North, obviously, from from uh, transport infrastructure to, to active travel to, to uh, rail and roads is, is important that we work together and, and don't sort of pull in different um, directions. Um, and equally, what I've seen over the last sort of eight years that I've been council leader and deputy leader in, in York is that we have as local authorities starting to, to work more closely together. So in York, we have something called um, the, the Yorkshire Leaders Board. Um, that we're an active part of um, and what that does is it brings all the local authorities in, in Yorkshire together plus the combined authorities that we've got to look at those topics and issues where we have common interests so everything from uh, climate change um, to uh, lobbying for example around adult social care reform and funding um, and transport for the north pro provides a lot of that um, opportunity to come together and work on uh, on transport it's not that we're always going to agree on everything and that's not necessarily the desired outcome but it is to give that space to work together where we can and then where we do agree and work together on that one voice because certainly by doing that we're likely to have more influence with MPs with peers with the government and, and with civil servants. And of course we've heard that York along with North Yorkshire is to have a new combined authority and a new uh, mayor in uh, the next couple of years. How do you see that changing the uh, the economic and political landscape? Yeah, so certainly a big a big announcement where myself, um, the leader of North Yorkshire County Council, had signed a proposed um, devolution deal with the with the Secretary of State, and this is something we've been talking about and working on for a long time. Um, there was originally quite a lot of talk um, across Yorkshire about um, whether a devolved assembly or a mayor would be possible on, on the Yorkshire footprint. It's still something I would like us to work towards because there's absolutely no doubt if you had a mayor or an assembly representing a population, in that case, bigger than bigger than Scotland, um, you would have a re really very loud voice uh, rivaling those like the, the mayor of, of London. Um, but the government made it absolutely clear that they were only prepared to give us sub-regional deals. So uh, West Yorkshire now has a mayor, South Yorkshire has a mayor, um, and obviously that left uh, York and North Yorkshire and Hull and East Yorkshire. So in York and North Yorkshire, we were really keen to progress it to make sure that we took those opportunities to, to bring more money uh, and more powers to be decided um, locally. Every last detail of what the government is offering is not what I as a Liberal Democrat would choose. But then as the council leader for York, um, I would say it's my job to be pragmatic. That's the way that they're devolving 
money and powers at the moment, which is why um, we wanted to look at the deal. And that's um, hopefully if it goes through our full council about to go out to consultation with businesses, stakeholders and, and residents in the city that touches on everything from housing um, to climate change to working together on the economy and strategic uh, transport issues. But it brings gain share. And um, so therefore we can work on major projects uh, together and, and accelerate those um, is, is the hope. So that's obviously quite an exciting change in York. And for me, I hope it will help us to capitalise on the number of regeneration projects we've got going in the city. So from York Central, which is um, one of the largest brownfield regeneration projects um, in, in England, immediately next to York Railway Station and through to our completed Guild Hall, through to our Castle Gateway scheme, which is all about creating a new entrance um, to the city, along to our Transforming Cities Fund to, to change the, the entrance of the railway station. There's a lot going on um, and that's a really exciting time for the city in some ways. Many of those developments, particularly York Central, will represent the biggest change to York since the Romans, um, which when you put it into that context is quite a big thing. Obviously, a real responsibility to get it right, to make it part of York, to make sure that the city benefits from affordable housing to new public spaces. But in many ways, a really fortunate position as a city. Um, and that's exactly why I'll be working with the government to unlock devolution, to make sure that all of these things happen. You would also, I, I assume, want to see high speed rail coming uh, through um North Yorkshire through through Leeds and onwards through York and up to Scotland uh, as previously proposed. Yeah, certainly a big a big supporter as my my, my party was um, of of high speed rail and the the original proposed route and was obviously very disappointed when the government um, cut it short. Um, I think that as I said, it is really important to have those major infrastructure projects. I would have preferred, I think, to see it go. North, north to south, like many others asked for at the time, rather than concentrating on the, the south to north. But there is that opportunity now to, to regroup whilst you've got the leadership contest for who's going to be the next prime minister. Um, you know, things do change. So what I found as a council leader is is being ready with those projects or those initiatives that you want to push to civil servants and government is really important because priorities change, funding opportunities do come along and we absolutely need to continue to, to keep shouting for, for that as we will on the East Coast mainline for that investment that, that has been promised there. And um, uh, to our new Prime Minister, we don't know who that's going to be yet, but um, uh, what do you think would be the, the, the top priorities that he or she should be concentrating on in, in transport particularly? I think um, in, in the world of transport, there's a, an awful lot that I would like to see them, them prioritise. So big one, we've just talked about high speed rail, um, actually investment in, in capacity, in speed, in timetables, but um, equally ensuring that they can help the railway network keep to time and deliver the, the service um, reasonably to, to customers is really important but equally the Department for Transport looking at some of its aspirations around creating um, EV charging and really accelerating that both in cities and, and rural areas through to creating um, more electric bus fleets and um, supporting local councils to create clean air zones and continuing a lot of the work around bus um, service improvement uh, partnerships 
um, would be just some of the, the priorities. I think there's an awful lot to go at at the moment where if the government actually supported local authorities and organisations with trans like Transport for the North a little more, we really could move forward from active travel to electric buses to railway connectivity that then has that real boost back on the economy and on jobs and, and on connectivity. I feel at the moment they've paid um, lip service to some of those things, but there is still that opportunity, I think, to invest and, and work with us to really unlock that if the, the slogans around levelling up are all genuine. Councillor Keith Aspen, uh, thanks very much for uh, speaking to us today. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thanks to all our listeners. Remember, if you've missed any of our previous podcast episodes, you can get them on our website at transportforthenorth.com forward slash podcast. And you can keep up to date with all our latest news via our social media channels. Just search Transport for the North. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.